What's going on, cousins? This is Dr. J. Taylor Jacobs of the ABS Bros, one half of the ABS Bros. Uh, brother, Dr. Ben X won't be in. He's out sick. Uh, he'll be in for the next couple of shows or whenever he decides to get better. But until then, we have our uh, ABS media team, our ABS family, our bros on the media family. And I want to introduce them, and we'll talk about some fun stuff on ABS Bros. So we'll start to my furthest left. Mogul, introduce yourself. Well, my name is Mogul. I am the director of photography for ABS as well as BWO. So if you see a picture, typically it's for me. Yeah, and then Seven. My name is Seven Imperial. I'm the creative director here at ABS and BWO, and I just try to do, be of service to the media team as best I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so listen. Uh, one of the things that most people that most people don't know is that we spend as a company, as a brand, we spend the bulk load of our money on our media side, in the media space, in the media department. And a lot of times what happens is there are two budgets that people typically cut when it comes to uh, building your business. One is the marketing. You cut that budget when things get tight, and then you cut the media budget. And what most people fail to realize is that in order to truly build a successful brand, business, organization, company, or whatever you want, you have to have access to media. So either you're going to be paying a boatload and getting on somebody else's platform, or you can invest into a media team, into, into uh, uh, media equipment, and build your own platform that your family can kind of depend on. Because at the end of the day, business cannot be done without media. So with y'all being behind like five seven-figure brands, oh, three seven-figure brands, one eight-figure brand, a soon-to-be billion-dollar brand, uh, talk about the experience that y'all have had um, being solo entrepreneurs and then coming in uh, and, and, and joining together uh, for BWABS and our company. Okay. Um, for me, typically, uh, as a solo entrepreneur, it was, I wouldn't say hard, but it was a little difficult sometimes finding clients consistently. Um, people will always ask, oh, what's the price with the price? You tell them the price, and they're like, well, I want you know, a Ferrari for a Honda price, though. And I'm like, yeah, I can't do that for you. But now being uh, with BWO and ABS, I'm able to not have to worry about none of that. I can come uh, here, do what I have to do, you know, what I would love to do, um, without really having to you know, struggle as far as looking for a client or looking for, uh, I got to pay this right now, so I need to do a $50 photo shoot or something like that. So um, I think that's a, a huge thing for me, being able to be free uh, and actually just create and learn different things about my, my craft. Hmm. What about you, Seven? Um, man, from solo to here, solo for me was, it was a bit of a different path because, it was fairly new for me when we started to talk about it. Yeah. Like, I had, I was hustling, you know what I'm saying? Like, from maybe about 15 until, what, 27? Yeah. So, when I made the conscious decision to really stop all of it, like, I was like, bro, all right, I don't want to do this no more. Like, I want more for me. Yeah. I, I realized that there was a ceiling with yeah. what I was doing. So then I um I shifted over and it was very very difficult. I went through that whole transitional phase of depending on one type of income, mm. removing it completely and then having to suffer the consequences. Mm. So then when I I had always creative directed for different yeah. groups. Right. So then when I started to look into 
actually filming for myself and applying the service, yeah. it just was different. So I never really got, honestly, bro, I didn't get the chance. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't really get the chance. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I'm saying? Like yeah. maybe a month yeah. after I said <laughs> I was going to have a production company, I was meeting with you. And you was like, nah, <laughs> over here. Yeah. And then for like a couple months, he let me have other clients. And then for a minute, he was like, so, so what are we going to need to do? You know, I'm just saying, just, just, just for future references, you know, so maybe like next year or something. What, what we, what would we need to do to get you over here? And then two months later, he's like, "Nah, we need you over here. I ain't now. trying to hear. It. I ain't trying to hear." It. So, um, but I will say though that I had to. You helped me quickly learn the lesson of swallowing my ego in that sense. Mm. And um, I had the same conversation with one of our Bisco executives, Iggy. Because I worked with um in, in the beginning of my entrepreneurship path, I was working with him, which is when we first right. met. And um, bro, you had this thing of like I'm an artist, you know what I'm saying? So the whole thing is freedom yeah. and doing what you want yeah. and not having to be attached to yeah. nothing. But like the responsibility of it was a bit scary yeah. at mm -hmm. first, you know what I'm saying? And Definitely. with being able to learn that lesson quickly and swallow that ego, it opened up so many more yeah. possibilities for me. Like yeah. I had no idea what my creativity could allow me yeah. until, you know what I'm saying, I, I went that route and was here. So. And I know you dealt with that a little bit, Mogul, uh, coming on. You, you came in the bootstrap way. <clears throat> when I when I met with Mogul, we at uh, Panera Bread in Cedar Hill, mm -hmm. and um, we sitting one on one. Hey, I ain't even heard this story. <laughs> yeah, yet. this is crazy. So so I went and spoke at the dinner party. Right mm -hmm. when I went and spoke at the dinner party, he didn't even wait until they said go mingle. I stepped out and Mogul was like, Whoa, "What do you do? What do you do? I do this. I do this. What do you go?" I said, "You know, I'm in the insurance industry. So I, I have my license too." <laughs> so Mogul was like, "I'm just trying to." So I said, "Okay, listen. We'll go meet. We'll go eat. You know, we'll talk." We sat down. I looked Mogul in his eyes. I said, "Listen, I ain't paying you a dime." He didn't flinch. He said, "Okay." I said, "Oh, <laughs> I think mm. I think we got somebody." And, uh, and I said, we'll see what he can do. Because he came to the table like, I can do all these things. Yeah. And so I literally tried him in every single endeavor. And he did pretty good. Um, and the thing that he's really good at is photography. But I called I called Mogul my Swiss Army Knight. Mm -hmm. Because when we needed him to do sales, he's topping sales. When we need him to do that, the only thing with Mogul was him fighting discipline and structure <laughs> you know that was the only problem because when he is focused he'll kill it yeah and then he'll get bored he's like a squirrel squirrel <laughs> ball like he just looking the other way and and the moment that he began to start and i also think that that was a little bit of a pride thing mm. because he came in with a true servant's heart and then then to be demanded of how much we demanded from him and told he wasn't going to pay, he didn't realize that was just a full test. Yeah. <laughs> that he was getting his ass whooped in, but he was he kept coming back like, all right, I'm back. All right, I'm back today. All right, so shit, I quit halfway through the yesterday, but I'm back today. Let's start fresh. And talk about that process in your mind, Mogul, from having that almost like free-spirited, like I'm willing to do whatever, just not like, you know, and just um, for clarity, this new people, this is why he on y'all head so tough. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um so I didn't I didn't pay him for like nine months. Yeah. And he watching everybody else get salaries and shit. <laughs> just, I'm looking at Mogul like, no, nah, bro. 
No, because when you find somebody that you know is super talented, that lacks discipline, and he has the ability to communicate, he can get himself in and out. That's his gift. He can literally get himself out of any situation, and you would think, like, damn, that shit right. It's like, that motherfucker's a salesman, bro. He'll sell you on shit. Yeah. And and be like, bro, this shit's actually nutrition. If you've done the research and the study, I looked on the discovery. Like, he'll take you through the whole process and be like, well, shit, here's $10 for this shit. <laughs> and so, and so I, I wanted to see, because with people that you know that are different, you cannot treat them the same you cannot yeah. operate the same you kind of got to leave them isolated yeah and in cold environments to see what's going to shake and typically what happens with somebody that's extremely gifted and, and you have it too there's two things that an extremely gifted person does they either rise to the occasion or they completely fall all the way back there is no mediocre yeah for somebody who's gifted I you either that. gonna fuck up fuck up and be the best fuck up <laughs> <laughs> Or, or you're going to be somebody that just, just gets it done. When you find somebody that's typically like in the middle, they always kind of do okay, you know, whatever that is, you find somebody that's, that struggles with identity issues. But Mogul knew who he was, but the problem with Mogul is he wasn't disciplined enough to become who he, he needed to be. Yeah. See, knowing who you are and becoming who you need to be are two different things. See, I can know... I'm supposed to be a great millionaire, but if I never developed the habits to become that millionaire, I can always know what I was supposed to achieve. Mm -hmm. But if I don't apply that discipline, it's going to be hard. And so for him on that side, it was the whole discipline. So talk about that inner battle and struggle. Um, so starting oh, off. Oh, let me one more thing. And he's the one who made me get on social media. Get, 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 get back on. He's the one who made me get on social media. And he's the one who made me get out there and talk to Brother Ben. Cause I was not fucking with Brother Ben after he he sat down on the couch with me, then got up and acted like I was thinking. <laughs> so he and I had a little issue, me and Brother Ben. Uh, but he's the one who taught, listen, you got to do it. And he's the one who forced me to get out there. And uh, and so a lot of kudos to connections came from Mogul making me get up out of my shell. So that's a public thank you, I guess, a little ugly. All right, go ahead. <laughs> um, So in the beginning, when Jake told me he wasn't going to pay me, I was okay. I had literally just got a corporate job. So I was like, okay, cool. But like that whole time I was going through a lot with like family, going through a lot with like having, becoming a new father at that time. It was a lot. My life was like shambles at that moment. But I'm like, when I first heard him speak, I was like, man, whatever he does, I'm going to be around. Um, because he spoke about legacy and I'm like, I'm I'm a new father. I'm like, yeah, I want my legacy, you know. <laughs> my legacy going to be nice. I, these kids going to be great. And I was like, okay, he said he had a daughter. I'm like, cool, I got two. <laughs> and I just like, I knew I needed to be around him. He's like, I'm not going to pay him. I'm like, cool. I, can, I always knew how to get money. I've watched my mom, yeah. you know, have multiple businesses, watched my dad be in the union making, you know, six figures in 94. So I was like, I knew how to get money. I was always able to do that. But, um... I think coming in, I figured I know what I can do. I can make him look like a superstar. And that's he what he said <laughs> from the beginning, y'all. It's funny. It's like it's like a, a talent scout or something. <laughs> so I'm I'm at this dinner party, right, Seven? And then we, we go to um, Panera oh, Bread. Did I speak? Yes, you yeah. did. You you spoke right after me. Yeah, you, was you like, definitely how did. To, you said, how am I supposed to follow that? <laughs> yeah, you spoke Dang, right after me. That was that. Day. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. want to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, 
So he didn't want to go. He ended up there. Bobo was there too. Bobo was there. Okay. Yeah, it was crazy. So uh, we go to Panera Bread. He looked at me. He said, man, you're a superstar. And it's funny because I was like, okay. I don't even know what that means in business. But, yeah. but he saw me online in a way that I didn't even get to see myself. So that was, so that's that's what he's talking about when he yeah. said, like, I wanted to, you know, make him a star. It's because I, I didn't know. Yeah. That people even wanted to hear what I had to say because I was talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's real because when I saw it, I was like, bro, this man's a superstar. He don't even know it, like, at all. Like, we know Jake from last year wearing jumpsuits. Yeah. Like, he was wearing jumpsuits. Man. And just like, cool. Like, all right, don't cool. Care. Like, this man is a superstar. He don't even know it yet. Yeah. So I was like, I'll, me being, you know, a published photographer, I'm like, I can put him in a magazine or I can do something that's going to make his image look cool. Like, yeah. cause right now I looked at, I studied his social media while he was talking. I'm like, this is, sucks. <laughs> like social media was so terrible. Yeah. So I'm like, I can make this easy, at least look better. <laughs> and then when I came in realizing what he wanted, I'm like, man, I can't do none of that shit. I can't, I can't. <laughs> but that's how I, like, I was like, bro, we just got to get him with brother Ben. Now when they had that Rocky start, I'm like, this this might not work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, nah, just just keep telling them. We got to see Brother Ben. Because br- I, I knew from watching Brother Ben's, this, his whole 10-year, 12-year yeah. career, I'm like, he can do that. I can't. Yeah. And I didn't know I didn't know Brother Ben yeah. at I all. No I had no idea. I wasn't online at all. I just, I thought everybody online were scammers, <laughs> crooks, and fake-ass entrepreneurs. I was like, how do you even have time to be online, like? I'm stressed out about getting a client. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, and so he did that. And so the, you talked about ego. He he recommended for me to get Brother Ben. So when me and Brother Ben jailed, then he got jealous. So talk about those feelings. Because he would be like, what about this? And Ben would be like, no. And he would be like, well, take it. But the colors. <laughs> well, him and Ben would literally have bouts. Like about, and I literally had to tell Mogul, like Mogul, you you told me to work with him. Like wow. he clearly runs laps around your ass. Stop. <laughs> and so talk about those so, emotions and how you work through that. <laughs> in the beginning, I, so if you look at my profile and look at Ben's profile, it looks completely different. Mine looks like a like a um, a gallery, art gallery, and Ben's looks like a news real outlet. estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. I'm thinking of the art aspect of being like, I don't care. Just put it out. Like, yeah. as long as it's quality, put it out. I'm yeah. like, bro, but no, it, just, it needs to look this way. And he's like, no. I'm like, bro, what did I do? Like, I was in, <laughs> I was set. <laughs> <laughs> I was his right-hand man. This is this is going to be my guy. I found him. <laughs> and then he said, I was set. I was set. And I was like, man, at the end of the day. Bro, bro we'll pause real quick. <laughs> this is probably how managers with rap artists be like, <laughs> they probably yeah. be like, oh, man, I found him, but then I connected him. Did <laughs> I'm out here by myself? <laughs> oh man, connected him to the label. Connected him to the yeah. label. It's a wrap. They cut you out, <laughs> Papa. <laughs> but after that, I was like, man, I, I I had to sit with myself for a second. I was like, bro, at the end of the day, what he's asking you to do, you can't do. You told him to do this, like. You have to just sit down and just do what's asked. You've always been able to do your job. And in my my purpose that I felt like in that moment was to actually put y'all together to, you know, do what you were asking. Because I knew, like yeah. I said, I couldn't do it, like, immediately. Yeah. Like, 
Cause I've done it. I can learn later it. On. Yeah, I can learn it. I can do it maybe in a couple of years, but the the way you needed to be pushed to the world, I couldn't do that. Yeah, I, I had to that. just come to a realization of that. And so from that point, I think I gave him like a little week salary at first, mm-hmm. and he didn't even have a job. <laughs> we didn't know nobody. Amir didn't know what he was doing. Boko didn't know nothing. And my wife was literally like, she said, babe, why are we paying Mogul every month? And I said, I I don't know. It just, you know, like when you, he just got something. Yeah. And I don't know what that something is, but I'm going to keep around because he got something. Yeah. And it wasn't until he settled into realizing that in the in the family type business structure that we have, that you no longer got to do it all by yourself. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the hardest thing for him. That to was the hardest up. thing for me, for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And why I was just that? start uh, maybe finishing up the lesson. Yeah, like maybe. <laughs> so, so what was that big problem? Because you know, a lot of people, we get into entrepreneurship. And we talk about all the money that we make. Mm-hmm. But like I tell people all the time, you really didn't make that money. Yeah, you doing ten jobs. You the CEO. <laughs> you the COO. You the accountant. You're the web designer. You create the product, <clears throat> you labeled the product, you shipped the product, you deal with customer support, mm. <laughs> uh, and then not only top of that, uh, then then you're a part of marketing and acquiring clients. Then you're in the retain retaining the clients. You got ten jobs. Man, of course you should be making six figures a year. You're <laughs> literally doing ten jobs, and so when we think about that as an entrepreneur's uh, perspective. We think that that's entrepreneurship. Yeah. And that is not. Damn, that's, that's That's you indoctrinating yourself into the very thing that you claim that you hated your job to be. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I'm doing job that's not a part of my description and this is what I do and you tell me what to do. But then you go and create your own business or opportunity and you've enslaved yourself to doing nine other things that you didn't sign up to do. Yeah. And so when you think of that scope and somebody say, that's why I'm never impressed when somebody says, yeah, I do six figures a year. And I can do that by myself. And I'm looking like, so why? Like, that's crazy, though. <laughs> like, 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 that's crazy because the whole purpose of me starving myself for five years, and, and Mogul can tell you, I was driving little, little clunker cars, and I was going to keep driving it until my papa was like, yo. And Connie, Connie had to sit down, sit yeah. me down, and say, Jake, you're going to... It ain't just us no more. <laughs> You're representing a brand. You can't be driving around yeah. and having me pick you up in a Toyota Camry and driving off in an Elantra. You can't do it. Yeah. And then and then my papa was like, you made it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give me a 2008 little Mercedes Benz. It's 550. That's better than the car I had. Yeah. Connie looked at me. She's disgusted. <laughs> she disgusted. I don't think Connie even got in the car once. <laughs> she, she's just disgusted. My papa looking at me like a disappointment. <laughs> Mogul looking like, okay, I can work with this. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can make it look good. In the yeah. And then Ben comes on to the stage, and then Ben got got with us, and he became a millionaire in like seven months. And then he goes out and gets this nice, nice ass car. And everybody looking at me like, so what you gonna do? <laughs> what you gonna do? But 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 the reason why, because when you look at entrepreneurship. And then you look at all these jobs and responsibilities that we have. A lot of us, we like to brag about all the stuff we do. Mm. 
Like, I do all this, this, and this. Well, I, I didn't sign up for entrepreneurship that way. Yeah. I signed up for it to be a team game. And I think one of my best talents is building a team. Absolutely. And, I agree. <laughs> and, and, and figuring out how parts can play so that everybody can be in their gifting. And so when we look at we look at money differently, right? And this is why it's ho- people will consider it hard for black men of the same age to be running a company together as a collective mm. without having any strife or um, we all have pride and ego issues that flare up, but we love each other enough to Did scuff it, it down. You? Yeah, you said you said I got me uh, to scuff it down to worry about the mission. And so the biggest thing of that is coming to the table as an entrepreneur. When you're doing a thousand different things, mm. like Ben was doing, like you were doing, like yeah. you were doing, uh, a lot of exec Kane was doing, Sean was doing. When you're doing a thousand different things, it's hard for you to actually find peace and to actually grow the company in the very thing that separates you from everybody else. Man. So the hardest part, like most most of the entrepreneurs that came to our company, was letting go of that I have to do everything yeah. in order to do my one thing. And we all want to have our hands in something, and I have it to actually, break my foot, bro, <laughs> bro, real talk, like both of them, but he, got, got, but he strained real. one, broke another one, and so and talk about. I, I want to sit on this because I really want to give game on how to deal with this as an entrepreneur and how to build an organization where you have, like, I'm honored every day to have the type of talent that we have within the company, and that makes me want to stay in my driver's seat and recruit and find the next opportunities that can allow for us to keep this, you know, this yeah. this momentum going because I know for a fact that when you have as gifted and as talented people that we have on the team that have left their businesses and their personal brands to build something there is you got to almost have no heart to to think of the company as yours anymore. Yeah. Like you know what I mean like how can somebody say that a company is theirs when you have people who left their companies and their brands to come help you build something that you couldn't do by yourself? Yeah. So then that you know it forces you to kind of kind kind of open up and have more of a family environment or approach to say how can we do it as a collective because I couldn't do it without y'all, y'all couldn't do it without me, and vice versa. Moving for you know everybody. Oh, that was never even an option for me until I met you. Yeah, for real. Stopping what I'm doing for, bro, I had made up in my mind early in life, I would sacrifice everything to get to where I was going. Yeah. No matter what it was. Yeah. If it was put in my, if it was put in the way. Yeah. It was gone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, bro. Connecting with you. And that's why I'm so passionate about other creatives even being allowed the opportunity to showcase what they can do in front of you, bro. Because I've been an artist all my life with any and everything that I do. And this was the first opportunity, blah, the first opportunity that I saw and that was put put in front of me where me as a creative felt valued. Mm. Like I admit, every creative I know is underpaid. Mm-hmm. Every single yeah. one, 100% of them. 100% of <laughs> yeah. them, bro. Even the biggest ones. Yeah. Bro, they charge it, bro. The biggest videographer I know out here is maybe charging a thousand to two thousand a video, mm. and I'm sure it's worth way more than that. Right, it's worth way more than that. But we don't understand building something at all because yeah. we're creatives. We just we really just hustling, yeah. trying to make it legally. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then 
the team factor, we don't understand that whatsoever. That's the hardest dynamic with creative. Yeah. But then also, y'all like to go in these what you holes. allowed for us was to attach a purpose to our creativity. Yeah. I think for me, that is what drew me to you. Yeah. When I felt like our overall purposes as men yeah. aligned, I was like, all right, bro. I, and I, this is me with God. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah. bro, it's it's obvious. You know yeah. what I'm saying? There's something way bigger than what I have in mind. Yeah. And it became obvious through everything that was going on over here. And your story actually really crazy because you, um, you literally got some money. And then spent all of your bread on camera equipment. Mm -hmm. Literally, right before we met about camera stuff. Yeah, like you had all the best, the lights and everything. Only for me to say, no, nah, bro, come work with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, no, really though. Bro, I was trying to prepare to start my whole own production bro, company. You, are, you already built the, the teams. You are <laughs> so much. And he was like, nah. But I th I feel like that was oh that was a testament to God moving in my life yeah. though because I had a real left or right to go yeah, bro yeah. like I had I had accumulated some money I had saved it up and I was like I can either go this way yeah. with it and I was thinking in my mind just coming from being broke yeah. I, I can just pay up all my bills yeah. you know what I'm saying for like a good three to four like three to six months and I was like nah I'm just gonna invest it into this production company. And a few weeks later, you know, that yeah. we was talking and things started that's, to roll. Bro, that's was, crazy because let's just talk about seeding into your future. Mm. Like a lot of us fail that test over and over again because we 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 don't look at our current present day life are all investments and manifestations of investments of decisions that we made prior to us. Yeah. So when I haven't when you had an opportunity like that, because y'all know I'm always testing. Mm -hmm. Uh, when 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 you said, bro, this is all the money I had, but you seed it into your future, and you just gonna deal with the consequences of your today from yeah. yesterday's decisions, that immediately told me, ah, uh, this is this is a leader. Like this is somebody who's willing to put it all on the table for what they say that they believe. Because so many people they say, well, shit, I got two thousand dollars, um. I already paid up my money for the rent, so I'm just going to save money right here, and then I'm going to keep straggling and asking God for handouts mm -hmm. for this thing that I say that God wanted me to do. I've done that before. Too. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it does, it never works. Like, ever. You're always hustling backwards. You're always hustling for your next bill. You're always hustling for your next check. And God's literally just wanting you to say, listen, invest in what you say that you want and believe I'm going to come through. Yeah. yeah. And yours is literally two weeks later. Man. And when I met you, bro, you was like, listen, bro, like, listen. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. I said, well, this is what I'm offering, but that's just the first offer. I just want to see. You was like, because you actually... Seven actually say, no, underbid we, itself. We can't, we can't yeah, bro. He I actually... He said, story. bro, yes, bro. <laughs> I feel like I do this with y'all all the time as creatives. Cause y'all always and I'll be like, what do you feel like the offer is? And you gotta make it valid. And every creative always under budgets themselves by two, three times yeah. just to make other people yeah. comfortable when there is nothing in this world that can be created without a creator. Like but, anything. So so talk about that. <laughs> bro, so <laughs> we talking. And the very first time I had I had gotten used to extensive conversations with Jake. If you ever been on a live, if you ever been on a call, yeah. if you ever seen anything with Jake, you get used to 
like almost falling into his stream of consciousness and you know what I'm saying, doing it with him. So our first time we had ever talked, we talked on camera for like what, almost two hours Bro, it was at that crazy. table. And it never posted. Bro, ever. <laughs> it didn't go anywhere. It's like so an archive. When we met to talk about this position in the company, yeah. we was talking. We had talked for like maybe like a little over an hour. And um towards the end, of course, you know, he was like, So, so what do you what do you feel like you want? And I told him a number. And <laughs> like, bro. I look disappointed. He like said that. it so fast too. He was like, like, man, God told me you undervalue yourself. He said, We're gonna double that. And I was just like, This wasn't my face out loud, but in my mind, I'm all right, all right, that, cool, cool. That's, that's great for me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and then, bro, shoot, if we can be transparent, yeah. month, like maybe, what, three months yeah. after that? Like, 90 days later. Hey, he he took that up a lot. I yeah. ain't even, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, bro, and that's, man, it, it just fueled everything yeah. in me to, by the grace of God, be able to allow creators this yeah. opportunity in some form or fashion, even if it's just a look. Bro, because there's so many people that, that I've seen that yeah. fall short, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they they fall by the wayside with their dreams and their creativity because they never, they, they have no idea this can feed their family. Well, and, and, and here's the biggest thing on that, and I got a question for y'all as creators, mm -hmm. but the biggest thing on that is it's because we've lived in such a machine-like black and white world yeah. that creatives almost get ostracized. Yeah. And if you look at billion dollar companies or brands, the owners are really creatives. Like Absolutely. They take things that don't exist and, and the people that are black and white are the ones that end up running it. But the creatives are the ones that actually created it. Mm -hmm. So to ostracize the very type of people or energy that you need in an organization to keep it going, it's the it's, it's the most backwards thing to me. And then um and, and 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 I say it like this, and the reason why I wanted to create that environment, I got a question for y'all, is because when I was preaching, um, a lot of people in you know in the church, you know, they got this way of preaching, and it's like the same messages, <laughs> it's the same flow, mm -hmm. and it's really regurgitated information, ain't nothing that God really told you or showed you, but that's what you interpreted from <laughs> your mm. pastor's pastor. And you're using the same message, but you never read it for yourself type thing. Yeah. And you know, you came and watched me preach a couple of times. Bro, I'm I'm in there. I'm telling all my business. I'm at the front, at the pulpit, like, y'all, listen. I'm struggling with pornography. Just yesterday, it was hard for me. Yeah. And, like, I'm at the I'm at the pulpit. That's so real. Bro, but people were coming to the church. Yeah. Lit. Because I'm just like, y'all, like, we're on the journey together. And there's a lot of things I'm debunking. I'm in the church is fucking crazy. I'm in the church debunking a lot of things that another pastor was saying. <laughs> this is fucking, I, just, I just can't help it. This is bullshit. Like I just some of the stuff that people in church preach is just it just I don't understand how that is even legal. Same. <laughs> so, so, but that creativity was taken from me when yeah. I stopped playing in the box that they wanted me to play. Mm. So I always said I wanted to create an environment where. It started off with the thought of like entrepreneurs can become entrepreneurs where we're protected in the bubble, mm -hmm. but we all can grow and kind of expand because the vision of the company was literally to be in every industry that we can be business-wise mm -hmm. through a creator's eyes. So somebody has earned their rank and trust with me up into the inner circle and we're talking higher level conversations. Now we can say, okay, you've earned your way up here. What business can we start with your idea? So the whole purpose was to be like a backwards version of an incubator 
to vet people and get them paid along the way with their gift. So by the time they come up to me with some type of value, they've been trained and vetted in a system that literally let me know if this opportunity that you're talking about is in your gift. And if it's in that space, now as a company, we can invest. That's how you keep in relationship with your top guys and girls because at some point somebody, even a creative, no matter if they're in an environment, they're going to hit a ceiling. Yeah. Like, even if I were to end up paying y'all a million a year, there's always going to be something inside of you that says, mm -hmm. well, I got this in me that I know I can take to the next level. Yeah. Well, when this in that space in that time, I wanted the company to be in such a creative space that the best idea and the best plan wins. Yeah. And if that's what the company goes with and you're spearing that on, you have now equity in your own idea and we're like the machine helping, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of how I created it as a creative. So I'm painting business on a canvas nobody can see. So that's why I can kind of understand creatives. But the one thing that I couldn't understand was the lack of discipline from creatives because I'm like, if y'all only understood what creative, infinite, limited, limitless minds can do with discipline, you have no idea the type of doors that you can get unlocked. So in this in this media space, why, again, is it so hard for creatives to accept discipline? What are creatives running from? I can uh, speak to that. So um, think about it when you think about even sports. You've always seen the most talented people. And, you know, matter of fact, before you even get into this, what I want to do, I want to cut for a commercial. Uh, because we got to get you the information that you need that can get your life to the next level. So we'll be back after commercial. Sports family, so I got to see what sacrifice looks like. I got to see what discipline and business look like. So it was a combination. Just growing up in the hood, uh, you know, just seeing our people struggle. You understand what I'm saying? And, and really asking the question, why? Not have to worry about the pandemic and not have to go through what a lot of people are going through right now. Uh, during COVID-19 or any other time. I just want to show the people what's right and the proper way to go about doing it. You know what I mean? Um, it's a lot of scams, foo-gazy, foo-foo stuff out here as it pertains to trading that has left a bad taste in a lot of our people's mouths, right? And uh, they never go back to trading or even learning how to reason why we should even be having a conversation if we don't have next year or two years from now this this many people are millionaires. Like we we can't really have a true conversation. I brought my camera, sat my camera down, and I filmed him. I didn't try to convince him, come on man, this is a good idea, this is a good idea. I filmed him, I streamed it online, got the results, and I brought him results. I didn't bring him an idea. And I think that's where a lot of us are going wrong. You bring the people. It's more so the amount of people. Uh, that is the most important thing. I'm here with more of our BWO students. And I was like, you know, I joined BWO. He's like, oh, I joined BWO too. So have you seen any progress, any profits while you've been involved in the BWO? Well, options trading specifically, yes. <laughs> took my word for it. A week later, she called me. She said, I'm no longer going to school. I'm going to join the BWO. I'm going to join the BWO. What is the biggest way BWO has impacted your life. I am from Kansas City, Missouri, and they have allowed me to quit my job. So it's been a month. And, uh, I'm a finance major, um, undergrad, and then I have an MBA from an Ivy League school. I said, okay, I'm going to test them out. 
because I have a little bit of knowledge on finance. I'm looking for holes. I'm, I'm, I'm being very transparent here. I'm looking for holes. First class with the crash uh, uh, options gave me more than I got out of six years of college and over 13 years in a career. This is what's going to attract the people with the cars. This is the shiny thing that's going to get them. But behind this is all the work that he's put in. Behind this is all the work we put in as a business. So that's the most important thing, passive income. What's going on, cousins? Welcome back to the ABS Bros Show with Cousin Dr. Jake. And we were just sitting here talking with our media team, our director and executive uh, on our media team on why is it hard for creatives to be disciplined mm. with their creativity? And my honest question is, what exactly are creatives running from? Because I really feel like we're, run we're running from something. So, like I was saying, if you think about it in sports, every time you see the most athletic, most talented sports athlete, typically they're not the ones that are always in the gym working out. Okay. They're the ones that come, they know that they're, like, they know they're good. Yeah. Like, it, it's just natural. So, I feel like being someone that was that person, but I, I like to work out. So, like, I was really talented, but I knew, they don't know that how great they can be. So, with me, I ran track, and I knew how great I was. Like, I knew from the fact, I knew if I did this, I got to be better than everybody else. Um, but I've seen also have friends who were just as good, if not better, who didn't do what was needed. And by the time but by the time they got to college, they were, like, literally has-beens mm. because they didn't do that, 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 that necessity of uh, that needed uh, work on their back end. Mm. I know for me, when it comes to creativity and, like, photography, it's like... I know I'm good, right? I got one eye. I'm looking at this thing. I'm do we doing good? But it's like I also compare myself to people that I know are better than me. I think that comparison is like, man, I, I'll never get there, mm. right? I, I I'm good where I'm at. I've mastered this, and I'm I'm good here. But like, I want to do better. But is it really possible? Okay. Right? Okay. It, and I can get that feeling, especially when you're ostracized, because a lot of creatives like to be alone. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about that in a second. So about you, uh, the question was, when it comes to creatives, why do creatives kind of run from discipline in a way? And, and what are what are they running from? I think um, at the core of it, it's probably a defense mechanism okay. heavily because the structure of society is so geared towards the system, okay. which is become educated how we need you to be educated. You know what I'm saying? Um, go through this system, go through high school, college, and get a job. And then you formulate yourself further into the system. And when you're a creative, I think a big part of it from the beginning of your creative path is to go against the machine. Mm. That's the whole point. You know what I'm saying? Is to disrupt or go against. And mind you, what I've learned, too, is there's a big difference between creatives and artists. Okay. It's a humongous difference. Okay, let's talk about that. It's yeah, a why? big difference because content is becoming important. Yes. Right? Content. It's I been important. It, it's just now in the hands of us. I feel us like now. even then, though, like, no, of course. Yeah, yeah, content has definitely been important. But I think just from a different spectrum of the frequency of it. Got it. And, um, oh, okay, I got you. The It's almost the impact is lessened, you know, because of the frequency. And I think in that from that, like, just that perspective of looking at it, art is just way more emotionally invested. And I think I'd be thinking about it from an artist's perspective because creatives, like, they just, they like to do things from a different lane. Like, you got to, like, like you said, a lot of creatives in business, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they do business in a creative way. Yeah. 
but an artist is like really wholeheartedly invested into what they're doing. And um, I think that with operating from that mindset, for me personally, I um, I was scared of, man, I think yes, of how good you can be, but you 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 utilize your creativity and your artistry to detach from responsibility, mm. right? So like the more discipline you apply and the better you become and the higher you elevate, it comes with more responsibility. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I do music. Yeah. And it's like when you put something out and it's good and people like it. They want that, more. Yeah, hey, well, you got I'll some more. You got some more. for your music hard. So it, it, it puts this weight on you. Yeah. And I think that most creatives and artists, it, it's a run from you. You're running from the weight. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to apply discipline mm. because you feel like your artist and your creativity is the only thing that allows you to be free. And what and what I what I've what I've sat with and talked with artists and creatives. I, I can see your your point on that one. More business leaders, entrepreneurs, creatives, um, artists. You know, dealing with you all. I, it was it was puzzling to me because I just <laughs> could not. Yeah. Understand because when I looked at hooping, I looked at hooping as an art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You the know, best so, basketball players do though. Because when I and and when you think of anybody who reaches the top of their pinnacle, they typically look at what they do in in an artist mm-hmm. type of mindset. How yeah. can I take this blank canvas and paint this world that I want? You know, like so I took in my brain, I took Poverty, what I grew up in in a small little house, mm-hmm. um, and being in poverty in the suburbs is like an oxymoron. Bruh. Yeah, <laughs> but it's I feel like it's the worst place to be. Yeah, because you don't make enough money to fit in with the people who do belong in the suburbs, but because you live in the suburbs, your homies that you Man, really love and care about in the hood rich. think that you better. You know that is better, yeah. and you you ain't got no place to be. And then your homies in the hood got more money. <laughs> the families got Bro. more money than people that's out in the suburbs. Man. In the suburbs, stunting on the people in the hood. So you stuck. Yeah. I feel like it's the worst place to be. You're yeah. in this like space to where there can't be, you know, any artists or love or that type of space. So like coming from that space and and looking like when I close my eyes, I could see how my life was. And then being able to paint over what was given me or recreate what was given me you know like the cars i have the life i have the lifestyle the company you know there are there are things that have been thrown onto this canvas that was maybe like a a ill-intended paint splatter Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. where the paint ran this way and you're like oh my god how can i make it beautiful Mm -hmm. so i'm looking at this life that i've created for myself like a canvas that i painted and I took things I didn't like and I made them abstract and I made them fit into this world, but it came from discipline. You can't be a great artist without discipline. Yeah. When you look at Beyonce, like no matter how anybody felt, or Michael Jackson, yeah. or 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 you look at a Chris Brown set, these artists got there through immense discipline. Mm-hmm. And so when I talk to my friends and colleagues and people that are artists, I realize that a lot of artists have uh, insecurities of one being seen. Mm-hmm. A lot of artists have insecurities of two being heard. And um and a lot of artists have insecurities of being judged. Mm-hmm. 
So if you don't like you, you, you haven't been seen and you have a fear of being heard and everything you put out is always judged before asking what was your mind behind it. Yeah. If it, it becomes like this cocoon of let me keep my work to myself and yeah. not show anybody. And then when I deliver it out, even if it could have been better, I'm going to say that that's how I, I wanted like it. it to be. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And, and in dealing with that, when it comes to like rejection, being different, um, um, when it comes to rejection of seeing things different as an artist, is that something that artists struggle with in a corporate or business type setting? Absolutely, because I think artists are more emotionally driven. Okay. So when your responses and your mental processes are highly based on Results. how you feeling, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. it place it puts you in a different place. Because you're an emotional person as well. I'm very emotional. But like I also feel like it's it's like the person and how you use the tool of the art. Got it. Because how you was using basketball in an art form, it was a tool to get you to a goal. Correct. A lot of people use art and their creativity as an escape. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So well, it, I'm gonna punch your ass with this mic. <laughs> But you've been working too hard. <laughs> ABSO. Bro. <laughs> but nah, like, I ain't gonna lie. I, I had never said that before. But yeah, as we talking about it, that's what I feel like it really, really is. Because art can be used as a form of expression, as a as a tool to, you know, really push and maneuver things forward. But it can also be used as a dark place that a lot of people go to to get away. So, you know? so, so in that space and in that period, why is it important that you all are hosting um, these art and uh, content and creative mixers? I want you to say something because I can feel you over there. Uh, uh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, but oh. I got something to say first real quick. Okay. Bro, because of the what you've allowed us, and it's this team, like, it's this team orchestrated environment that creates um, accountability. Yeah. Like that's what I feel like all artists and creatives need. Yeah. I know we've we've had private conversations, and you say a lot sometimes um, that you went and got other people to make it to where you couldn't you could not be disciplined, you right. could not be on top of your game. Right. You had to continue to step it up right. and elevate and provide for the people that you had put in position to right. help and be around you. And um, I think that's what's important about us doing this for the creatives and people that are out there and want to be a part of the team because that's what's pushing all of us bro we every member on this media team struggles with that you know yeah. what i'm saying like just everything about being disciplined and continue to push yourself and elevate but it's the team environment right. and that's that's what helps me yeah. am i tripping no no like bro that's man when i look to the, my left and my right and i know i got people who are literally right there in the trenches working with me. Yeah. You got stuff you got to do today, and if I don't get it done, if I don't get done what I have to do, then that makes the whole team look like, yeah. bro, what are y'all doing? Yeah. And, bro, we with us being the, the highest expense yeah. of the company every month, man, say, you got to show up and show out. And I think that that's almost also what offered you the mental and emotional space to use the art form of basketball yep. to show up and show out yep. because you got a team. Y'all yep. have a goal. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And although, yeah, you're in love with basketball, your heart is in basketball, but like, bro, it becomes a business then because yep. you got a CEO, which is yep. the coach. Yep. You got your other team members, yep. you know what I'm yep. saying? And y'all trying to hit a billion dollars, which yep. is the championship. Yep. So I think integrating those two just kind of demeanors and energies, that's what's helped us do so much, especially me personally. Yeah. And thank you for, for that. Sure. For real, for real. My bad. Um, I was going to go back to the the reason why, as an artist, I, I personally run from um, responsibility or just the, the structure. And I think it's because 
growing up, I always felt like I was the golden child of my family, mm-hmm. right? I feel that. So my brother, on paper, is a genius. We, you know, was a genius. He passed away um, last year. But on paper was a genius, but was lazy. Lazy as hell. And then I knew that I was gifted in so many, well, I was talented in so many things, um, but I never wanted to outshine him because mm. he was my big brother, right? Mm. And I put myself in that position in a lot of spaces in my life, and I was mm. like, I never want to outshine a person that I'm around. I always want to, I, I, I dim my light a lot because yeah. mm. I know that I can do so much. And, and, let, and let me just speak to this real quick because yeah. I want to pause and really sit and talk to the, to the people about the harm and dimming your light. Mm. When God created you to be a son, it's because that star or a star or, or or a bright place, he created that star so that people can look up at you when things are going wrong for them. And typically somebody who has a big star or they were supposed to shine bright, they typically have some of the hardest lives. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is because there has to be examples. There has to be escape routes where people can look in the sky and say, if I want to get out of this situation, like Harriet Tubman did, let me follow the North Star. So when you dim your light, you're dimming people being able to see that they too mm. can get out their situation. Because had there not been a North Star, we wouldn't be out of slavery. Yeah, That's a fact. And if I look at the sun, if the sun ever dimmed its light any different, it would literally change how the cosmos operates. It would change how the food grows into the ground. It would change uh, how, how vegetation is. It would change how Mother uh, the Earth moves. It would change how even gravity is that the sun dimmed anymore, this whole place can potentially even turn into ice. Yeah. So when we think about the importance of sunlight and being a star, a lot of us dim ourselves because we were born into other people's insecurities. So if you look at a shark, if a shark's in any tank, it'll always stay the size of whatever his tank is. Mm-hmm. You could take that same shark that's been in a tank five years, go put it in the ocean, in two years, it'll be as as large as the other sharks. It's not because there was some magic trick. It's only you can only be based on your surrounding. So if you find some, you're in an environment and you know you're supposed to shine, but you always have to dim your light in order to be around amongst other people, it's not humility to lower who you are. Mm. It's humility to know who you are and not use that as an advantage to take advantage of people. That's Ooh. humility. Mm-hmm. I know I can crush you, but I choose not to. I'm not dimming my light. You're going to see this pressure. You're going to know that I'm a star, but you're also going to know I'm not going to use this as leverage to get over on you or take what God has for you. That's humility. Message. That's (laughs) humility. But to dim yourself so other people can feel like they can shine with you is a spit in God's face. You cannot shine with somebody that God has anointed. You can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't do it. And every time you dim yourself to be in the environment, you're going to always find yourself like that shark in that small tank and wondering why I feel like you're suffocating. You're looking at everybody else that's shining out there in the world, and you know you're supposed to be shining with them. Now you're living a life full of regret, and you're still unhappy because you surround yourself with people who can't even shine with you. Mm. See, if you ain't no star, you can't be in no sky. When you look at the sky, you're looking up stars that are bright. If you ain't no star, if you a fish, you can't be up there with the stars. Unfortunately, that's not what God called for you to do. Yeah. And and that's just something that was hard for me. And I'm telling you a life, a lesson that I learned. The reason why when you looked at me, you said you're a superstar, and I and I regressed, and I was like, I don't know about that. 
is because in every environment I've ever been in, I never fit. And I always outdid everybody and lowered myself down to make everybody else feel comfortable. And it was tearing me apart. Yeah, yeah. I was dying. I was dying. The moment I start to say, listen, I'm going to shine. So if you don't feel comfortable with this shine, that means you are never worthy to be in this presence anyway. Because if you're going to be in this presence and I'm shining real, I'm shining real bright, you either got to be a star too or you got to be something that can handle the heat of this star. Yeah. If you can't handle the heat of this star and you're not my equal and you're not a star, you probably need to get up out this brightness. It's too much for you. And that's how, and that's how you got to operate and that's how you got to move from this point on. Yeah. Because if not, that would make sense to why you keep starting and stopping, starting and stopping. If I'm outdoing somebody, he did that in, when we was in sales. He outsold everybody. And after he outsold everybody two times, he started like passing his his clients off to everybody else to eat. Wow. So if that's an indication of what you've been struggling with your entire life, imagine being 60 year old and you've been giving the best of you away your entire life. And at 60, you just like, man, I, no, God is not pleased with that. He won't ever be pleased with that, especially when he know he called you. So if God calls you to shine bright, you shine bright. If it makes other people feel uncomfortable, it makes other people un feel uncomfortable. But that does not mean that means that your light is better than their light just because it's not as bright. It just means that we can't shine the same. Yeah. <laughs> and I ain't finna shine less so we can shine together. Man. No, your shine is your shine. If mine is brighter, it's brighter. And I would never make you feel insignificant because it's brighter. I'm always going to make it understood that we're together we all lighting up this earth yeah but the sun's is a little closer it's a little brighter you feel that heat a little more and that's okay and you got to be okay with that because you will never ever find your greatness if you scared the shine yeah can't if you scared the sky and that may be a lot of creators problems they get into a media they outperforming everybody and you slow down to make sure everybody no this is the new pace when Seven came in, he created a new pace. This is the pace. Yeah. Shit, I was like, shit, that's the pace. Keep up. <laughs> Keep up now. <laughs> yeah, that's the pace. We've been looking for a pace setter. And if you look all throughout the spiritual word of God and any word of God that you want to read or elect to read, you'll always see that God always sends a star in representation of a man that's the pace setter for humanity. And if you're going to be, if you want to, Find who you are. You got to decide to be the pace setter in your specific niche and your specific gifting and make everybody feel uncomfortable. If you feel uncomfortable, that is you. Yeah. That has nothing to do with me. Man. Because I know my intentions. I know I'm giving you the game. I know I'm giving you everything I got. And I'm always do that. So if you still feel intimidated by this shine, <laughs> watch me shine. Because <laughs> I ain't slowing down. <laughs> you hear me? And that's just what we got to understand. And if you're in the media and you're in that space and you're a creative, you're an artist, stop doing that. But also force yourself to perform at a high level more consistently. Mm. Stop that start and stop and you say, I like perfection. That is a lie. There is nothing in this earth that is perfect except for how God created the system of humanity. And that even has little flaws. So when you look at life in itself, Nothing is perfect. The excuse of perfection is because you're scared that your work won't be accepted. Mm. Yeah. But if you know that you're a high level and you perform at a high level every single day, even if you missed, you know the next time you're going to hit mm, yeah. because you're being held accountable.
and in in you know creatives and artists you need to be in environments that's going to force you to figure out what your best is because imagine Absolutely. if every piece of your work you put out whether it's small or big outshines 99 percent of your competition you can't get there if you don't be held accountable so that's what it is so tell everybody where they can come for the mixer um please go to bwomediateam.com to uh, RSVP, any creators, man, we're looking for graphic designers, photographers, videographers, um, app developers, event planners, anything that can help us push forward our narrative for Bridging Wealth Opportunities. BWO Media Team on Instagram and BWOMediaTeam.com. Listen, so as you guys know, this is ABS Bros. I'm Dr. Jake Taylor Jacobs. This is my brother Mogul. This is my brother Seven. And we out. Love gang.